Just a quick heads up, The Holy Hive Show does contain adult language that may not be suitable for sensitive listeners and children. From Salt Lake City, this is The Holy Hive Show. I'm Jordan Delacruz for HolyHiveUtah.com, and uh, with me today is Dan Lawler. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How's it going? It's going all right. I can see the mountains today, which is new for the past few days. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been been pretty pretty rough. Pretty gross it's outside. Pretty, yeah, pretty gross and weekend. Thanks a the, lot, California. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Turning the sun red. Yeah. Making the moon look all spooky. Exactly. Um, and making it harder to be outside. But a uh, pretty good weekend. We uh, ended up at Fisher on Friday for the first time since... March 13th for me. Was it was that the last time that you were at Fisher? That was the last time I did anything in public. <laughs> so. Yeah, so the Fisher opened up their patio what like 2 weeks ago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we decided to do a meetup. That's what we usually do on Fridays when things are normal. We go to Fisher every Friday after work and, you know, have a couple beers and stuff, but we haven't been able to and we've been doing all our Fisher meetings on Zoom, but we went and uh, enjoyed the patio and uh it was it was the first time. I mean, I went to a, like a really small curated restaurant. Yeah, where you like literally have to like take certain paths to the bathroom and stuff like that. This is the first time I was like in a free for all. Yeah, public place, you know. Yeah, and uh, felt pretty good. How'd you feel about it? I felt pretty good. I mean, every time I'm out in public, whether I'm at a store or getting takeout or anything, there's like a little voice whispering in my head, you know, about yeah. about COVID. But yeah, once that kind of subsided and I got a little lubricated, uh, yeah, alcoholically speaking, <laughs> um, I felt good, you know, and it and it helped that they were pretty pretty set with their regulations and stuff and how they handled everything. Yeah, they did a really good job of uh of kind of setting. You said th- that they just added those two tops in the back. Yeah. So usually they have these big, long wooden community tables and they kind of change things up in their patio to where they had smaller two tops so people wouldn't take up entire tables by themselves because yeah. you have to be separated by party. Um, but the way they had it set up was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of the, well, like the businesses that are kind of making the smarter moves are like doing a lot to really adapt their business to the current situation. Because af- even after this whole thing ends, it seems like there's that that's always going to be a concern yeah. is like distancing and safety and stuff like that. And so people are kind of adapting for the long haul. I wonder how long, you know, we're going to end up one, like being afraid of it, I guess. Yeah. Like at a certain point we're going to get vaccinated and I would assume things will go back to normal at, in some form yeah, or yeah. fashion, but it'll be interesting to see how many of the changes that we've made as a society will kind of just stick. Yeah. You know? Well, I think I've always thought that the mask wearing, when you're sick is was a good idea and yeah i probably will never fly on a plane without wearing a mask from now on i know right like yeah it's it's funny that uh like i think about a month ago uh i watched the big short Mm -hmm. and there's a scene brad pitt his character in the big short uh was like a banker and then he kind of got i guess like uh he turned into like kind of a prepper guy yeah and he got into like organic farming and stuff. And there's a scene where he has to fly into Vegas to meet these guys. And mm-hmm. when he flies in, he he has a like an N95 mask on yeah. his face. And he, there's a shot where he's going down an escalator. And there's an Asian businessman going up the escalator. And he's the only other one wearing a mask. And he like gives him this like little nod. Nice. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa, this was. Well, culturally speaking, it's just so much more of a norm. In, yeah. uh, in Japan and yeah. in, in China and, and in places where, you know, they've had pandemic outbreaks or maybe not pandemic but outbreaks um mm-hmm. 
you know, in the past. Yeah, for sure. And they're so much more densely populated that you kind of yeah. like have to do that type of thing. I, I always think that in the workplace, even though it's a lot, not a lot of workplaces do this, but I always think that if you're just sick, just stay home. Oh, absolutely. Like, you can, you can get by for a couple of days without someone. And if you're in a situation like us where we work in kind of like more of like a business office setting, you can just do work from home. Yes. But if obviously you're going to have to go out for groceries and stuff like that, just wear a mask. Like that should be the new, the new norm. But that, that being said, I think one of the reasons why it was so comfortable at Fisher this weekend was because the attitude of everyone there was good. Everyone yeah. was like just playing by the rules, mm-hmm. wearing their masks when they got up to go get a beer and stuff like that. And everything was outside and it was just chill. Like no one had a problem with it. Yeah. And I think that's really where the problems start to come in is like when people start to get bad attitudes about it. Yeah. When they feel almost entitled. I think that right now, mm-hmm. like since it's such a new reopening yeah. Um, and who knows, I haven't spoken to them, but they may have had somebody who's maybe pitched a bit of a fit about a mask. Yeah. But while while we're in this new phase of reopening for them, I bet people are just kind of thankful and will do whatever, jump through any hoop to kind of hang out where they, wherever they can. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see where we're at in five, six months, you know, if that yeah. sort of regulation is still required by them and, and yeah. to see how people will react to it. And that's that's another thought that I had about this whole patio thing is like I was sitting there and it was a pretty hot day yeah. and we were just hanging out, having a, having a beer and it was nice. But it seems like that's the only like uh, option that we have right now for hanging out in a social setting is being mm-hmm. outside. That's where people actually feel safe. If you're crammed into a small place indoors, it doesn't feel safe. Yeah. And so as the months go on and we go into winter and this thing isn't quite where we want it to be, are we just going to kind of be screwed or are we going to start? Is the is the winter patio going to be a thing in Utah I think because yes. Of COVID. I mean, like there, the winter patio was a thing. So far as I was concerned, yeah, you know, was last year I here mean, and here and there. I mean, Fisher always did a good job of it because they kind of have like an, a covered alley, yeah. and so it, they can generate a lot of heat back there. Mm-hmm. But like at a place, I don't know. Like I guess Gracie's does things like that, where mm-hmm. they have like big torches, yeah. on their on their patio and stuff. I think those portable uh, propane kind of heaters. Yeah, lamps. Yeah, yeah, the lamps will will be a will kind of be our saviors. Yeah. Um but at the same time, I think that a lot more people are just willing to be inside and not like mm-hmm. care about socializing as much during the winter time. Yeah. So I think that it'll be less of a need, but it will still be a need. Yeah. You know. And I think um I think the the mask thing too will be easier in winter because it sucks in summer when it cuz it gets kind of hot on your mm-hmm. face. Um, it'll be nice. Yeah, it'll be kind of nice. It'll be like a warm little, you know, and like the air quality is going to be yeah, shit. Exactly. So, so we, we we're going to go through our seasonal bout of inversion, mm-hmm. and the mask. Now we, it's like we're killing two birds with one stone with the masks. Yeah, like masks belong in Utah. People should, if you live in Utah, just get used to wearing masks. Um, but that that brings us on to like the first news story, which I'll go into right now. So Salt Lake County has doubled down on their mask mandate. Uh, County Mayor Jenny Wilson made the decision this week to extend the mask mandate through uh, the rest of the year. In a video message posted to the Salt Lake County's Twitter account, she stated, We're six months into this emergency, and we recognize that until we have a vaccine, we need to continue to battle COVID-19. Support was also given by Gary Edwards, director of the Salt Lake County Health Department, who said that the decline in cases shows that masks are having a positive effect. Good move? I think so, yeah. You know, it's... I. Anyone arguing that it's a bad move because numbers have gone down has a really ass-backwards, you know, mentality, I think. Like, you don't want to get stuck in this weird cyclical nature of, like, all right, so our numbers are terrible, 
so we put on masks, so our numbers go down, so we take off our masks, yeah. so our numbers go up again. Yeah. Like, the, you don't want to get caught in that. No, yeah, and, and yeah, and that's, I think that's kind of the worry here, is as we see kind of a decline in numbers, it's not like it's going down, 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 down. It's like we hit different levels. Yeah. Or like we're in the 300 range, then we go down to kind of the 200 range. And I think, yeah, that's a, that what you said, it kind of nails it where... I mean, I kind of feel it where I'm like, oh, people are getting kind of more casual with this. Even in like the office setting, I've seen I've seen people kind of walking around without masks more often. And I'm yeah. like, wait, hold on, this thing isn't done yet. Yeah, like we're we should be hopeful because things are starting to decline. Yeah, but like you got to like you got to smash it. You know. Yeah, we're the guy. We're currently the guy in the uh, marathon that's like running towards the finish line with his hands up, and then yeah. like he got distracted and someone he slows right to by kind him. of a trot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or he falls fucking face first. Or like you, you know, in the case of in the topical case of wildfires, you don't stop fighting the fire. Yeah, you know when you don't see flames blazing, mm-hmm. you know you stop until the smoke's gone mm-hmm. and everything is is quenched. Um, and that's what we have to do with masks. So I'm like really happy that they're doing this because I do feel like things are starting to get a little relaxed. Yeah. And as and people are going to school now, so as we just ramp up the 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 instances of people being in big groups together, mm-hmm. we just really need to like knuckle down. Yeah, we got to stay vigilant. Um, as Abed Nadir says, I must be out there in the night, staying vigilant. <laughs> I love anytime a community drop makes it onto the podcast. It's a good episode. Um, so. Salt Lake County, obviously, it's really important for them because we've got a tight population yeah. um, of people here in the valley. And so, as they they have the mask mandate, Utah County's not doing it. Weber Davis County not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we're going to see a rise in cases with any of those outside counties, or do you think it's really just more important for Salt Lake County to be doing this? I think it would. Uh, I think that. The rising cases would have already kind of happened if it was going to happen. I do think that school might throw a monkey wrench into any sort of yeah. number projections, um, but I would hope I would hope not. You know, I mean, at this point, we should all know kind of what we're what we're in. You know, yeah. And so, if we do see a rise in cases, that's just people being completely like throwing caution to the wind. I think, mm-hmm. um, but I would hope I would hope not. You know, I think. From what I see when I do go up to Weber or Davis or Utah County is people generally is are like wearing masks yeah. anyway in stores yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And so my hope yeah. is that the anti-maskers of the world are just the loudest. I think that's the case too because I, I like – and granted, I spend most of my time in Salt Lake County, so we have yeah. a mask mandate. Everyone has to abide by it. Um, it's more in casual kind of – in like everyday environmental settings like offices and stuff like that where I see people kind of going without them but in public yeah I think people really kind of, for the most part have a good attitude yep and that yeah it's not it's not a fun news story when we when we you know a reporter says we did an experiment and found that you know 95% of people wear their masks in public and stuff and it's like okay yeah cool yeah i mean that should be a good news story mm-hmm. but it doesn't make for a salacious you know news story mm-hmm. and so um i think yeah that's that's what we focus on are the people that are kind of complaining about the masks and being loud about the masks even though in counties where there's not a mandate for the most part people are playing it safe whether or not we have a mandate, it's really the people that need to have a good attitude about it. But if we all have a good attitude about it, then we get to go drink beer on Fisher's patio. Truly. All right, moving on to our next story. So it looks like Yeezy. It's 
going to have a spot on the ballot in the presidential elections coming in November. Um, the Vote Utah Twitter account announced Monday that along with Brock Pierce and Joe McHugh, Kanye West has qualified to appear on the presidential ballot in Utah. He's uh, submitted signatures to Arkansas and Oklahoma, but is still missing from many ballots across the country. Yeah. Um, so Kanye, you can vote for Kanye in Utah come November. How do you uh, how do you think he'll do in Utah? Well, it really adds new meaning to the old uh, crossroads of the West uh, that, slogan for Utah. Nice. You know, we truly are the crossroads yeah, of the West. Crossroads now. for the West. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean. I think it's fitting that we that he joined the ballot the week that we talked about Boy State on the podcast because this seems like something that a high schooler would dream up, you know? Let's get the guy that sampled Daft Punk on the presidential ballot. Yeah, and those those kids in Boy State that we talked about who didn't really take that whole process seriously seem like the exact type of kids that would go into the voting booth and vote yeah, for Kanye West. Absolutely. Because there is this, like, I guess this certain kind of, like, memeability of voting for Kanye. And mm-hmm. I think people will kind of latch onto that, even though it's so like, it's so dumb and fleeting. It's going to be kind of like we were just saying with the anti-masks, it's going to be such a small, but annoying population of people who do do that. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'll, I'll set my, I'll just mute his name eventually on Twitter. Yeah. Just I just don't want to see it. I think, and also I think it's going to be like, I'm predicting that when, People start posting things on Twitter or Instagram mm-hmm. of look at I punched the the ballot for Kanye. Yeah. Then those those will be really loud voices and will think that this is a bigger problem than it really is yeah. in November. Because again, the people that are kind of trolling mm-hmm. are the loudest. And they're uh, gonna just kind of be uh incentivized to troll harder by yeah. the, by by the reactions they get from that initial troll. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like it doesn't suck because I, I guess on one hand, like who gives it's, a shit? Yeah, who gives a shit? Because we know he's not gonna. He's not gonna like obvious. Like even just getting on the ballots in, in across the country, he's not doing a great job. It doesn't. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of got one hand on this whole campaign, mm-hmm. and the rest is just worried about whatever Kanye West is worrying about. Like he's did. Did he yeah. just put out a new album? I don't think so. Maybe. Okay, so <laughs> I think it was. I think it was one of those things where he was like, uh, the new album drops on Friday, and he still just hasn't released it. Every time yeah, he drops every, a new yeah. album. Yeah. 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 But I think he's on like the verge of releasing a new album, so I, I'm sure that's taking up just a bunch drumming of time. Up, drumming up some, uh, drumming up some promotion for himself. Exactly, and that, and honestly, that might be part of why he's doing this. Um, There's some shadiness. I know that like a lot of Republican GOP lawyers and uh, just kind of members of of the GOP at large mm-hmm. are. Uh, are like kind of helping him get on these ballots in hopes of him taking away some of that younger yeah. 18 to 35 left yeah. leaning demo. Yeah. And um, I don't want to jump to saying like, that's his whole motivation behind it, but that's obviously like if any, anyone in the GOP is interested in Kanye running, it's because he's going to cut the younger. Vote. Yeah. And yep. um, I would, li- I would like to think m- that they're better than that. I think that, yeah. I think the eighteen to thirty-five demo is better than that. And we did like, didn't we? We had a good turnout in that demographic for the primaries. Didn't yes, we, we did. We had like a really good turnout for young voters. And they went for Bernie Sanders, which seems yeah. like a pretty, uh, I don't know, idealistic, you know, vote. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, like, it's not the someone, pop vote. <laughs> yeah, it's it's someone that like you know you you want ch- actual change from. I yeah. guess I don't know. No, yeah, that, and well, I, I was just about to say that too. Like. Like I guess I guess Kanye running is good because it shows that, 
I mean, he is Kanye, but like anyone, like if you got, if you can get the people behind you, you can get, you can get to a place where you can get your ideas to the forefront, but it just sucks because a democracy at the end of the day is a popularity contest. Yeah. And I think Americans want two things. They either want charisma or they want comfort. And I think we kind of have that with this election. We, we have the charisma vote, which is on the Republican side where Mm -hmm. it's just all about winning. Yeah, and that, that type of charisma that people like. And I think the the, the Democratic elect is a comfort vote mm-hmm. because people are just comfortable with the Biden name. We've been under his leadership before. And yeah. so it's it's like a, just like a safe bet, you know, and it, it it does have this whole Kanye thing has me worrying, like, are people going to be voting on, on those types of fronts instead of for people that have like real ideas? But like we like you said, in the primaries, when the younger demographic was voting for someone like Bernie Sanders, it did seem like there is a population of younger people that do look to more idealistic people, mm-hmm. people that are are presenting solution based policies. Yeah. Um, instead of you know, the comfort that comes with you know a loud voice. <laughs> I believe like pretty shortly after uh, Kanye was announced to be on the Utah ballot, he was tweeting about Jesus talk which is his version of TikTok where he just wants it to be all about holiness. And it's like, you, you are a clever person, Kanye West. Come up with a better fucking name than Jesus yeah, talk. Christian, Christian TikTok. Yeah. Is that basically what it basically, is? Basically. Yeah. It's like Christian mingle, but, but for a TikTok video service. God. Yeah. I, I really, I kind of hope this celebrity leader thing is kind of a phase. I don't, I don't know why. Things are leaning this way. I guess it always it, has been a thing. Well, it, but. yeah, I mean, Reagan, you know, was an actor mm-hmm. first. But I do think that part of the reason is because we have begun to really make celebrities out of our politicians anyway. And yeah. so it's oh, just yeah, natural exactly. that the yeah. that the celebrity of, you know, yeah. of real would, would slide into that because they're like, oh, I'm that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can do that. Who was a Barack Obama fanboy before he became president in 2008, you know? Well, he did introduce the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football once, and I was like, "That guy's dope." Oh, really? So, was that be- so while he was was that senator? was senator? Yeah, yeah he was a senator. He, was a senator. he he uh, defeated his challenger was uh, Mike Ditka. So, yeah, hilarious. So that's the situation, I guess that it, that like it, someone can can rouse a fan base in their local. Mm-hmm. So Barack Obama was probably really well known in Illinois. Yeah, um, prior to the 2008 election, mm-hmm. um, but since then. He's a celebrity. Yeah. And now people want like to I listen to his podcast. They want to buy his, his playlist. Yeah. His everything. Playlists. He likes um, Chance the and he, Rapper. And uh, honestly, he kind of he kind of rolled with that really mm-hmm. well. And yeah. he, he, he did a great job of kind of harnessing pop culture in his favor. I don't think he exploited it in a way that a lot of people tend to do mm-hmm. uh, when they get to that level of fame. You yeah. Know? Um, but. Yeah, you're right. They Because the, he's the, still kind of a fucking nerd. Yeah, like, he, yeah he kind of <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and also he's kind of got this like dad vibe. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. that's what I mean. Like he's yeah. just like a, you know, he's yeah. He went to Harvard and uh, just like really likes to fill out a March Madness bracket, just like yeah. every other dad. And he really well. is like kind of the antithesis of of Donald Trump in that he never has to 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 like flex his own clout. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 just there. Whereas Donald Trump has to reinforce constantly that he's the king. You yeah. Know? 
Um, Either way, I think it's gross to like kind of put your politicians on a pedestal. Yeah, and that's the, yeah, uh, and that's the way that our kind of our culture is set up is we have to like popify everything. Yeah, it's like in politics and everything, yeah. and we're, we're seeing that with a lot of like uh, senators like uh, AOC, mm-hmm. like she's kind of becoming that new that like yeah. pop pop politician. You can um, get a fifteen second clap back clip and and make waves, you know. One quick little side note about uh-huh. the uh, Kanye West thing to get back to that. In the KUTV article, it mentions, Earlier this month, West and his running mate, Michelle Tidball, listed themselves as candidates of the BDY, the birthday party. Jesus Christ. Is politics <laughs> just a big fucking joke? <laughs> is, so is that a party that exists in I don't Wisconsin? So. Or is it something that Kanye West I think they created Organized. It. Okay, the birthday party. I was doing some Googling yesterday, and I couldn't find anything. And like what I could find was basically like, oh, this is what Kanye West uh, filed under in Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin, you shouldn't allow that, but yeah. I understand why you do. Yeah. Oh, my God. The birthday but party. Unbelievable stuff. Um. So, yeah, I hope this is – I mean – yeah, maybe may, maybe the idea of thinking of it like as a phase is is wrong because it's just the way that our culture is set up. I think that's I think that's how we end this conversation is like politicians will always become pop culture icons in our country. Yeah. And because of that, a side effect is that people will vote for them based on their pop culture relevance mm-hmm. rather than their like solution based ideas, but Hopefully, I mean, I, I have faith in our younger generation, in our 18 to 35 demographic, that they're not going to yeah, go run to vote for Kanye West. And um, the people that do probably don't have that many good ideas about politics. And True. Um, the long shadow of corporate beer has cast itself upon our great state this week. You may have noticed billboards or uh, digital advertising, uh, Budweiser has launched a campaign to make itself the state beer of Utah. This campaign comes complete with a commemorative can that features many Utah landmarks, including, ironically, the Salt Lake Temple. Um, (laughs) Also, a commercial featuring Jed, a Utah country store owner who sings praises about Budweiser while campaigning for the beer to represent his home state. That also includes cameos from Olympic gold medalist uh, Josh Christensen and RSL goalkeeper Nick Raimondo. I got Um, some beef here. Yeah. Let's hear your Raimondo take. He has a beer with Keto's. There is a Keto's beer with his name on it. They, they, they've, yeah, they've, they've memorialized Nick Romando in a beer. A local brewery. Time has. and time again, I have gone to the local grocer. Yeah, I have picked up the Romando Pale Ale with excitement in my eyes. Yeah, and I have it's a drank good beer. it. Yeah, and loved it. And so now it, it tastes like betrayal a little it's bit. It's the to taste me. of betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> so. They have a new goalkeeper, so maybe Kidos is just like, we're going to take that new goalkeeper and give him the Romando Ale. Just name it the RSL goalkeeper pale ale. Yeah, the RSL, the vague RSL goalkeeper <laughs> pale ale. Um, I have to imagine he got a chunk of change. From Budweiser? It. Yeah. I believe it for yeah, sure. Probably. I love, honestly, the can is pretty the can is pretty beautiful. Yeah, the, the, the can looks cool. The, Buzz, the Budweiser can. Might be worth it just to buy, like, the cans and just as, like, collector's items. Yeah. You know? Um, I think, so do you think that, like, Utah at all is going to bite on this campaign? Or do you think it's just a campaign to do exactly what it's doing right now, which is getting us to talk about it? I think that it's a bit of both. Um, they have set the bar so low that it's almost impossible for Utah not to bite on it. Yeah. Um, according to, like, the r- r- quote-unquote rules... Uh, if 84,899 people tag or retweet 
with that hashtag, then Utah will secure the first will be the first state to secure a state beer. That's not a lot. Like wait, so is so are these retweets and hashtags like surrogates for petition signatures? I, I well, I mean, well, that's the thing. This isn't legislative. I don't think that this is actually going to be legislatively brought upon Utah and added to the Wikipedia so much, you know, as yeah. as it's just like a novelty item that Budweiser can be like, we got a state beer. Utah is our, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, how was that determined? Well, 84,899 people retweeted it. It's like, that's just not a lot of retweets, so, in, in my opinion. So these aren't like... Like, they're not filing anything with the state. This is, like, their own rules? So far as I can tell, yes, there's okay, the own rules. Their own. Okay. And maybe they'll send it to the state afterward, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't see why. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, like, I think Utah has a big enough brewing scene that if somehow this state theor- beer thing was really taken seriously, yeah. that they probably wouldn't go for Budweiser. In mm-hmm. fact, I don't even remember the last time I've seen someone drink a Budweiser. It would have had to have been at like a concert. Yeah, where like, like, you have three beer options. Yeah, exactly. I see people drinking Bud Light sometimes, mm-hmm. but the original Budweiser, I don't ever see anyone drinking. Yeah, I don't that. see it too often. So I don't, I don't know if it has like a a big grasp on Utah. That might be something that's bigger, like in the Midwest. They're they're from Missouri. Yeah, it's a company that was. I, I are they still there? I know they're like internationally owned or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm right not entirely point. sure. I know that there is a facility just off of uh, two fifteen. Oh really? Um, like a or maybe it's I eighty. I'm not sure hmm. which one, but there is a Budweiser facility. Like I've gone there and I've like toured it and stuff. Oh really? Work one time they brew beer there. Yeah, yeah, oh, they dang. brew beer there huh. and everything. But uh, or so far as I know. Hmm. But I mostly just agree with uh, what the Uinta Brewing uh, president said. Um, we would welcome the investment of the world's largest multinational brewer by opening a facility in our great state of Utah. The growth in industry jobs it would bring would have a big impact on our members and likely result in more favorable legislation for alcohol producers. But okay. until then, I believe the title of official state beer is best shared among Utah's many outstanding local breweries. So, I yeah, when I read that, I was like, I I think he's playing a little nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I don't I don't know if he I don't think he went to the press to yeah. give that statement. I think the press maybe contacted him. Sure. Like maybe he has a friend that works for the where where did this come from? The Tribune, I think, where we pulled it from. Uh, oh yeah, there's a Kathy Stevenson. Yeah. So she probably a, knows all these people. There's a Kathy yeah, 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 Stevenson yeah. special. Yeah, she probably reached out and was like, "Hey, do you have anything to say about this?" And mm-hmm. he was probably just being nice, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I think that is a nice sentiment, and yes, I think I think jobs are great, but also I think corporations who kind of come into like Midwest towns and, and cities and stuff like that, the, the jobs that they offer aren't always the jobs that people can thrive on. Yeah. You know, they're kind of the low, the bottom of the bucket, you know, mm-hmm. you can say, Oh, we just added a thousand more jobs. You know, how many of those people taking those jobs is like that their second job. Yeah. You know? um, so I don't think it's always as valuable as just, Oh, we got this X number of jobs. Um, I do. Um, I, I would rather see a local beer company grow into a national brand. Yeah, I and totally then, agree. And then, and then operate out of out of Utah. But yeah, that's a nice sen- sentiment. Um, this is I, first of all, it's a good campaign. Mm-hmm. It was like a well done marketing campaign. Yeah, we roll our eyes at it, or at least I roll my eyes at it. I, I'm sure um, a lot of people are just like whatever about it. Yeah, I kind of roll my eyes out about about it because I'm always like wary of like the corporate creep. Sure. Coming into Utah. 
when we have so many good like local businesses and 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 not only that but utah kind of has this attitude of like well i mean our motto is industry and then mm -hmm. i mean as we talk more about utah state symbols like those things seem kind of silly but like utah really has embraced that attitude yeah and i think that utah is full of innovators and full of really good smart business people and so i'm i'm always like let's see what those people can do before we start letting you know big, big budweiser big budweiser come in here dilly dilly uh, dilly dilly. So this news story has kind of uh, inspired our feature segment for today where we're going to talk about state symbols. So uh, Budweiser wants to be the Utah State beer. We decided to look at the state symbols that we currently have and do a little bit of a state symbol drafting. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to first take a look at three current state symbols that we think need to be changed yeah that are currently official state symbols and then we're going to uh, go through and draft some uh things like state beer that don't exist but we think should exist um okay so starting with our our first our, our three impeachment symbols yes so we're going to impeach three symbols and offer up uh replacements all right so what's your, what's your first one um i have been long shouting from the rooftop about our state bird. Yes. Um, there's nothing more disrespectful and insulting than the Utah state bird being the California gull. The gall to have a gull from California yeah. as our state bird. It literally does, like, if it was the Utah gull, whatever. Like, I mean, they're annoying already. Yeah. But then you add in the fact that it literally has a, another state's name mm -hmm. in, in, its, yeah. in its name. You know, like, I don't want to get, like too macho Facebook guy, but that is the most beta cuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> like having another state's name in your state bird. Is, it really, yeah, yeah. Is, and is also gross. I, it, it, it plays into this theory that I've always had about Utah, which is like they're trying to be, there's this part of Utah that's trying to be California so bad. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's like, it's like Utah wants to be a West Coast city, mm -hmm. like way bad. And so that is almost just like a little a little reinforcement of that is that our state bird is the California goal. That is also my first, uh, uh, symbol change too is I, yeah, it's the, it's the obvious one. That's the yeah. one that we just need to change. The it California. has to go. So one, it's named after another state Two, It's a trash bird. It is a trash bird. And I say, if we want to keep a trash bird as our state bird, then I mean, that's fine. Let's, might I offer up the magpie? The magpie Fair. is a trash bird. That is a trash bird. But it, I feel like magpies have a little more personality. They're prettier. Yeah, they're prettier. They're, they can still, I mean, it's a trash bird. They're still annoying. But yeah. like, I feel like they have more personality than the gull. The gulls are just like dumb sky rats. I, uh, I nominated the blue-footed booby. I was, so <laughs> <laughs> I, was looking through, I was looking through the Wikipedia of uh, Birds of Utah. Great name. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh. I just fell booby. in love with the blue-footed booby. That yeah, um, that was. I remember. I vividly remember in daycare. Mm -hmm. Like I have a memory from daycare of our teacher teaching us about birds. Yeah, and everyone laughing at the blue-footed booby. <laughs> and so blue-footed booby has always been in my head. It's in. It's in there. Yeah. Um. So, I my my trash bird nomination. If we need to stay with trash birds, is the magpie. But. If we can start from scratch and do anything, I kind of went in the same lane that you did, okay. which is I just found the bird with the funniest name. I love it. And uh, the bird that I found is the dick sizzle. 
Dick Sissel. The Dick Sissel. <laughs> so the blue-footed booby and the Dick Sissel. Those oh. are the two <laughs> birds that we nominated. We need to go back to daycare. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so what's your what's your second nom- nomination? Um, my second nomination is we're going to go ahead and do away with the Utah State cooking pot, which is the Dutch oven, which I feel bad for. Um, you know, it has its it has its its purpose, and it mm-hmm. has you know, and this might deal a blow to the world champion uh, Dutch oven cookoff, which takes place in Logan every year. I, didn't I learned know that. I well, I learned a lot about Dutch ovens yesterday when, when I you was, were doing when research for this, figuring out how to get rid of them. Um, <laughs> I just think that the instant pot is more user friendly. Yeah, you know, it's more technologically savvy. It's the you Dutch just, oven for a new generation, exactly. And it, and it really Utah loves family. Mm-hmm. Utah loves family time, and yeah. with a instant pot, you just put the ingredients in, you press a button, and you can go. You know. Watch Caillou. Is that what it's called? <laughs> Why Caillou? <laughs> I don't know. Don't people hate Caillou? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. you can go watch anything you want. Paw Patrol. Let's do it. Baby Shark. Arthur. I'm partial to Arthur. Arthur. Let's do it. You know? And this is not an ad for Instant Pot. We, I have an Instant Pot at home, and I've never once used it. Oh, really? So. I guess, yeah. The Instant Pot, is, is that, that's different from the Crock Pot, right? Yes. The yeah, Instant yeah. Pot is like technology. Yeah. Crock Pot's kind of just turn it on. <laughs> it's not technology though i guess it's technology but like the instant pot has like an interface you like press buttons yeah. and it's like you can make fucking pudding in that thing yeah um i think that's a good i think that's a good move i think yeah we need to update that i don't i don't see the only time that i've seen anyone bust out a dutch oven is like when you go tailgating yeah and you have to cook for like a ton of people mm-hmm. um i think that's a good pick so my number two uh is about our state folk dance which just to say, we have a state cooking pot. Yeah. And we have a state folk dance. Yep. Anything can be a state anything. Yeah. So I say we, we start we start getting we start we start making our presence known on Capitol Hill mm-hmm. and start nominating things to be state symbols. Um what are you gonna replace the square dance with? So yeah, state state folk folk dance is is the square dance. Oh, did I bury the lead there? Or did I uh did I ruin no. the surprise? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> no, yeah. Our state folk dance is the square dance. What was, have you seen anyone do a square dance like in public? Not since fourth grade when they taught us how to do the square dance. Yeah, um, and th- that's th- that seems to be what a lot of these state symbols are is just like a fake way to teach yeah. elementary school kids about our state. <laughs> it's like we can't show movies. We really need just we yeah. need more fodder. So I want to I want to change the state folk dance to the cha cha slide. <laughs> how many times have you seen someone do the cha-cha slide quite a bit honestly too much yeah (laughs) so classic skating yeah in the streets in the streets at at a football game dude you see someone puts on the cha-cha slide at (laughs) rice stadium on a sold out night most people will do it in the stands um anyway uh what's your third um as a nonviolent person, I've decided to just do away with our state firearm, which was the uh, Browning uh, 1911. Okay. Utah does have ties to Browning, I believe, in some way or another. Uh, I, I think, is his name John Browning? Maybe. The Browning dude, I think, is from Ogden. Oh, yeah. shouts to Ogden. Shouts to Ogden, always. But I'm just going to go ahead and replace it with the now discontinued CPS Super Soaker 2000 because uh, it's Hell really yeah. hot and I want to be wet. <laughs> I think that's a good move. Yeah, and uh yeah, it it's 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 light. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do I don't I don't I'm not a gun enthusiast. I I I wonder if gun enthusiasts are even huge on the Browning what is it M911? 1911. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure either, but I know that the that the uh, Super Soaker 2000 has a has a like real nice light trigger on it, you know. Yeah, you the know, glide it, pump, so it doesn't it, the, doesn't exactly. it's not hard to pump. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot of great features and functions to the CPS Super mm-hmm. Soaker 2000, and uh, I think it's high time we all learn them. And, there, and those, uh, have you seen the? So there, there's counter protesters at the the protests that have been going on that come yeah. with like rifles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's been counter counter protesters love who, it. who line up with those guys with super soakers. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I like that. That's a great pick. Um, so I want to replace the state song. Perfect. Um, and I I did a little digging as to what why, where our state song came from. It's mm-hmm. a it's called Utah. This is the place. It was written in 1996, so it's not even that old. Wow. And the situation in 1996 was that our state song was actually a hymn called, um, I can't remember what it's called. Damn. Oh, wait, no, actually, I have the page pulled up. Here it is. Utah, we love thee. So it's like a hymn about Utah. Um, And then... A, a fourth grade class at one of these elementaries in Salt Lake or, or, or uh, I think it's in Salt Lake County. One of these elementaries wanted yeah. a song. They thought that the hymn was a little too outdated Yeah, and they wanted something fun to sing. So there was a, uh, a movement among these fourth graders to make this song, the state song. And they wrote to representatives and they got this, they got this shit passed. That's democracy. So a fourth grade class got this, <laughs> Utah, this is the place to be the state song. Again, showing that it's easier to make a state symbol than we think. Yeah. I think we really need to crack down on doing this. Um, so I, I listened to Utah, this is the place. Mm-hmm. Pretty basic, you know. It's fourth a, grade reading yeah, level type Yeah, type fourth song. grade, very repetitive. I think, I think what we need to do is we need to make, we need to change that to uh, a Beach Boys song. Okay. Called Salt Lake City. It's so, great. Beach Boys in 1965 released a song called Salt Lake City, which was essentially written to increase their market value in Salt Lake. <laughs> so they literally wrote this song as like an advertising campaign. Um, I think I think the last line is literally like Salt Lake City will be coming soon. So they and and in it they like name drop a bunch of landmarks in in they even like talk about Lagoon in it. Mm-hmm. It is the cheesiest song ever, <laughs> but I love it because. It's almost completely devoid of like artistic merit because it's just a commercial. Like they wrote a song that was a commercial for for Utah and put it in one of their albums. And Utah's motto being industry, yeah, I think it's just really fitting to have like a commercialized song yeah. by Utah from the Beach Boys. There you go, be our state song. I love it. So those are the the three impeachment picks on on current state symbols. Now we're going to uh, nominate. Um, we, we created some of our own categories that we think should be state symbols and we're going to nominate some of our own picks. Let's do it. So we're going to start with the one that came up in the news story, the state beer. So what's your state beer pick? My state beer, I, I really, really struggled with this. It was the last one that I, that I completed because I really wanted to nail it. And I just, time and time again, I just came back to the Uinta cutthroat. Uh, Okay. It's just kind of. To me, it's like got an iconic label, an iconic look. When I just think of Utah beer for some reason, even though I don't even drink yeah. Cutthroat that much anymore, although I had some yesterday, <laughs> um, I I just think 
of the cutthroat when I think of you uh, a Utah beer. Yeah. So that's the one that I went with. It's okay. It's good. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's basic. It's yeah. It was it was the uh, I guess it was like kind of like the exotic beer before beers became exactly before the craft brewing explosion happened. It was like the first quote unquote good beer that I liked. Yeah. Yeah. And. It was even before IPAs became a thing. Yeah. Because, like, I remember when pale ales became a thing, and Uinta was probably the most basic pale ale mm-hmm. that people would reach for um, as IPAs became a thing. Because IPAs back then used to be just like, oh, it's like a stronger pale ale. Yeah. But now IPAs can be just as strong as any other beer, and they're mm-hmm. just kind of, you know. Um, what about yours? So mine, uh, I went with just the Fisher beer. Yep. So... Well, it's a it's a brewery that has a legacy here in Utah. Mm-hmm. They became a kind of a national or at least regional brand back in the day, um, and it's just like I think the perfect pilsner. Yep, it's just like a good, nice, drinkable beer. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, um, I think so. I think out of all their beers that they brew, it's the one they always have on tap. It's super accessible, um, and they kind of ha- has this legacy behind it in, um, in the history of of Utah and Utah's brewing scene. I mean, they were brewing this beer before Utah even had a brewing scene. Yeah, most certainly. Um, so that's my nomination. Uh, let's move on to non state non-alcoholic beverage. I went with a Dirty Diet Coke from Swig. So I honestly yeah. can't say I've ever had one of these, so I don't know what makes up a Dirty Diet Coke. Is it just coconut? I think so. I think I always hear dirty applied to Dr. Pepper. So I always hear oh. Dirty Dr. Pepper. What's the Diet Coke I'm sure Coke you can one? get a Dirty Diet Coke, but it seems like... but I, Diet Coke has to be the choice. Yeah, it's, Diet it's Coke too, definitely yeah. is the choice. Whether it's a dirty Diet Coke or it's a sixty-four ounce tub of Diet Coke from Maverick. Yep, you know one of those two things. I had, I guess, I like obviously I reached for Diet Coke too. My obvious kind of counter to that is hot chocolate because it seems like that's a good one. Hot chocolate is the non-coffee drinkers' coffee. Order, yes, you know? it totally is. It's like, I need a warm beverage as well. Yeah, and I feel like if you're a coffee house in, in Utah that doesn't do a hot chocolate, then yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of screwing yourself. Definitely. Um, so Diet Coke and hot chocolate, good at Those non-alcoholic perfect, yeah, yeah. for Utah. Okay, state car of Utah. I just put that any Subaru will do so long as there's a lot of stickers on it. That's, that's kind of, yeah. Like, I do activities. Yeah. That's the state car. A, a sticker for every national park. Yeah. You know. One for a half marathon, which we needed to discuss giving out stickers for doing half of something. But that doesn't <laughs> have to be today. That's going to be a um, controversial podcast. But, you know, I think the Outback would be the perfect choice, but any Subaru will do. Yeah, the, the Subaru Outback. Yeah. I think that's a good choice, too. And, yeah, Cotopaxi stickers. Yep. All, all these, like, outdoor name brands. Mm-hmm. The only – so that was I, – I also thought that Subaru would be a good choice. My my other nomination would be um, a lifted Ford F-150 that has an engine modified so it can roll coal. I love it. That seems to Industry be Industry. Yeah. And machismo. Yeah. All and, wrapped into one. Yeah. And it kind of falls in line with Utah's state rock, which is coal. There you go. So is that true? That's true. Gross. Utah's all right. state rock is coal. I, I – Thought about doing an impeachment vote for State Rock, but yeah. I couldn't figure out. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not too privy on what cool rocks are. Just like the red rocks. Red rocks, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I thought too. I guess you would call that like sandstone or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Why coal? Wow. I feel like no one cares about coal except like Price, Utah. I didn't <laughs> know coal was a rock. So, there's that. Yeah. Would it be like a mineral? I don't know. I have no clue. Like, yeah. 
Um, okay, <laughs> state movie. This is going to be a bit controversial among uh, the film aficionados out there, but okay. I'm going to go ahead and nominate Twilight because right. Utahns are generally sexually repressed, Yeah, which is kind of what Twilight's about. Yeah, under the um, surface. Utah had, I believe for all of the Twilight movies, Utah was among the highest sales and attendance for tickets. Yeah. Um, and Stephanie Meyer graduated from BYU, so it's like a bit of a, you know. That's a good argument. Shout out to, to Homegirl. And I will say, I randomly just like got, got an itch to watch Twilight a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Sneaky underrated now. Really? Sneaky Like the first Twilight? Like it's funny. Like it's not like, I don't know if it was supposed to be super serious, but like it was making me laugh. Yeah. But it can be like on, at least on the level, like quality wise of like a lot of the Netflix rom-coms that kind of get put out, you know, like they're trying, but goddamn, do those movies fall apart quick. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think that's a really good, that's a good pick and a sound argument. Um, I I went with 127 hours. Love it. The Danny Boyle film about Aaron Ralston Mm -hmm. and, uh, his uh, doomed hiking journey in, I can't remember where where it was. I think it's Moab. Moab, yeah, somewhere around Moab, but it's like kind of in the back country a little bit. Yeah. It's really specific. I think it's called like Blue John Canyon or something like mm. that. It's I can't remember, but um, yeah. So yeah, it's about Aaron Ralston, a guy who was hiking, was climbing up a, a, a rock face. A, a boulder came loose and pinned his arm against uh, a canyon wall. And he was there for 127 hours before he, cut his arm off and made it to safety um i put i picked it because i mean you got beautiful landscapes of utah true everything like that which i i really appreciate but also i like the idea of a guy who literally cuts his arm off to escape utah <laughs> kind of very fitting for yeah i think people yeah, could relate to that absolutely you know? um so that's my pick. That's beautiful. Also, I feel really proud that we have a Danny Boyle movie that took place in our state yeah because Danny Boyle you know being like an international director mm-hmm. um I, love I don't know. Danny I've always Boyle. been proud of that, and he did like so he did good press in, in Utah. Like when he was yeah. filming and stuff, he went around and did did a lot of press. I think but. they did like a nice little premiere Q and A at the Gateway. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. Really cool. Okay, state pop song. Well, I I really wanted to go with a deep cut. There were some obvious ones that I thought mm-hmm. could have been chosen, mm-hmm. um, and I went with a deep cut of "Palace of the Brine" by Pixies. Um, yeah. A a. A great kind of underground, almost grungy song by a great underground grungy band. Yeah. Um, It's a quote from the song, which is a really good song. Um, Beneath reflections in the fountain, the starry sky in Utah mountains, they are swimming happily, can't you see? Yeah. A life so sublime, the palace of the brine. Yes. That's beautiful. I think think if I I remember correctly, that song was kind of imagined after a tour that went through the Salt Palace. I believe so, yeah. And it kind of makes sense. That is know. where we saw them. We saw we Pixies. Saw, yeah, at... we saw in 2014. We went and saw them at, at the Salt Palace. A quick aside really quick. Yeah. This is like my fifth aside of oh, the pod. We like asides. I am so tired of bands that have a plural name without a the at the beginning. Yeah. So, like, it really messes me up to call them Pixies and not yeah. the Pixies. Like, Deftones and not the Deftones. The Deftones. Like, <laughs> Let's just, is it yeah. Beatles or is it the Beatles? It's the Beatles. Good job. Yeah. Great. It's not Rolling Stones. It's the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that really grinds my, my little It's not Pink Floyds. It's, it's the Pink Floyds. <laughs> the Pink Floyds. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Pixies. I always forget to do that because yeah. everyone says the Pixies, but yeah, it's just Pixies. Um, I actually, 
in in my impeachment vote for the state song, yeah, it was between Palace of Brine by oh, Pixies nice. and go. Salt Lake City by uh, the Beach Boys, and I I kind of found a little more parallel with the with the Beach Boys. So I think Palace of Brine is a great pick. Perfect. It also kind of seems to like be drawing uh, parallels between Utah citizens, which I mean, people sum up as like Mormons. Yeah, and Brine. Yeah, which is a very Pixies thing. <laughs> like it's a, just that weird warped metaphor. Um, but yeah, I like that too. So my, my nomination for state pop song is I have two. So I have, so I have one, the great salt lake by band of horses. Uh huh. Great. Really good song. A beautiful song. And I think, I don't know what, like Utah doesn't have a sound in a way that like new Orleans has a sound Mm -hmm. or bands from like Austin, Texas have a sound. Yeah. Or even like rap music, like rap music that comes out of Atlanta has a sound. Yeah, you can really determine where a rap group is from based on their cadence almost. Yeah, 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 for sure. There's like a super relaxed Mm -hmm. uh, West Coast. There's a super kind of like Mm -hmm. aggressive in your face from the East Coast. and then Yeah, even some of the Midwest stuff like in Chicago and Minnesota and stuff like that. Um, And I think Salt Lake or Utah – doesn't really quite have that sound. I guess you could maybe pin it on something like Imagine Dragons, which I hope uh, isn't the case. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like if if like something like the band like Band of Horses mm-hmm. could represent the sound of Utah, I think that'd be a good. Band. That is nice. You know, it's it's like it's it's kind of like a little sharper indie, but it still has this kind of relaxed kind of uh, like small town. I don't Certainly. know what you would call it, like a more rural sound, mm-hmm. folksy. Um, that's essentially. I just think it's a great sound for for representative of Utah. But I I think my other choice would be Taste of Ink by The Used, just because a it's great like one. a Utah band. Yep. I think, I guess Imagine Dragons probably at this point has has had bigger hits than The Used. Yes. But at the time that that album came out, there was like no nothing that ever came out of Utah mm-hmm. like that. And really, like The Used had an impact on pop punk and emo music that yeah. I don't think people really understand. Mm-hmm. Like they really had this like effect on it. Um, and I, if you watch the music video, it's just like a, a great location scout of mm-hmm. like places in Utah County. And you see like a lot, and there's like even a dude wearing a BYU sweater yeah. in it. Like I yeah. always remember that. Um, so I think I, I always, I, I was trying to think of what used song I wanted. I, I, I would really love if a used song became the sta- a state yeah. song of Utah or a state pop song of Utah. Um, anyway, let's move on to some food, cho- food choices. So we got two, we got American dish and immigrant, immigrant dish. All right. What's your American dish? My American dish is very easy. This is almost too obvious, but it's just going to be the funeral potatoes. Okay. Yeah. Funeral potatoes. And then I'm just going to go ahead and give my immigrant dish as well while we're here. We have a great, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a great subset of Greek restaurants. Greek and community. Greek community. And I'm going to, so I'm going to go with the Euro. The Euro. Yeah. That's a good pick. So I kind of went on my American dish. I kind of went with the Greek influence. Yep. And, and said that I want the state American dish to be the pastrami burger with fries and fry sauce. I love it. Can I ask really quick mm-hmm. if you have a preference as to where this pastrami burger comes from or just any pastrami burger? As of late, I, it, it ebbs and flows. I, mm-hmm. I haven't been to Atlantis Burger yeah. in, in quite a while. 
Um, that usually would have been my pick. Mm-hmm. As of late, it's been just Crown Burger. Gotcha. But also, I haven't had a pastrami burger in a minute. Yeah. I've been, I've been going uh, bacon cheese, you know. That's where I, I usually there. am. I do like a pastrami. I do really like a pastrami burger, though. And um, But that, yeah, for that same reason, pastrami burger is the the burger in all these kind of yeah. Greek-inspired burger joints. Yep. So Crown, Atlantis, Olympus, Astro, Apollo, they're signature burger is always a pastrami burger. Truly. So I think that's a really good representative thing. Um, so state immigrant dish, Al Pastor tacos, specifically from Chungas. Oh, delicious. That's, that's, that's my choice. Um, that's some delicious stuff. Yeah. I, I think, I think we owe a lot to our Latino community mm-hmm. and how they've shaped Utah and nothing pisses me off more than bastardized Latino food yeah. by white people in Utah and when there's so many options for for like genuine there's so many yeah. options for good genuine mexican fare yeah and um i think above all the the chungas pork al pastor taco reigns supreme and you got to write home about it you yeah know? yeah so i think that would be a good representation for immigrant dish and but you know what if you really dig into utah's immigrant food scene mm-hmm. it's insane like yeah we have a really good food scene um and a, a lot of that's taking form in like food trucks mm-hmm. um but i think i think we need a state immigrant dish yeah okay uh state sport this is our last one this is our last um, one i actually don't know anything about this sport i've <laughs> never played it i've seen people play it i don't know the rules and i certainly don't know the appeal uh but i'm gonna go with spike ball Spike ball. It's like you got like a little trampoline looking thing. Yeah, yeah. And you try to hit the ball. I've never seen, I've seen people play it and it, and it never seems to last longer than like 10 seconds per round, I guess. Mm-hmm. And like that's insanely frustrating. You can never get yeah. like momentum going or anything yeah. like that when you're just like stopping every 10 seconds. Like it just doesn't personally seem fun to me. Everyone I know that has played it argues that it is very yeah. fun. So maybe I should give kind it a Kind of like a, yeah, but. it's a party game. Something you see at like yeah. tailgates and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen it. I've, I've never actually, I don't think I've gone and played like a full round of that game. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess you could make an argument for cornhole too. Cornhole yeah. has become pretty popular. Sure. Um, I went with rock climbing and that's kind of a biased thing. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get into rock climbing right now. Yeah. I'm into rock climbing. I rock climb weekly, but, um, the Utah actually does have a winter sport, a state winter sport. Okay. Um, and it's skiing and snowboarding, which that's cheating. Like you can't have skiing have and two. snowboarding. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of skiers would have something to say about that. Yeah. Snowboarders don't give a shit. Um, so they have a winter sport. So as far as a summer sport, I think rock climbing is a good choice because between Utah and Colorado, I think this part of the country produces most of the competitive rock climbers in, mm. in, in, in America. And it's funny because when you watch international uh, rock climbing competitions, yeah. It's usually either Americans or like Koreans and Japanese yeah. competitors, and it, you know, I, I was watching one on YouTube, and it was just like going down the roster of rock climbers, and it was like Salt Lake City, Utah, Boulder, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, Golden, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. <laughs> and um, and so I think that's a good choice, um, and and kind of representative. I mean, you have skiing representative of like the mountains and everything like that. Yeah, and rock climbing with the canyons and things like that. I thought about putting um, sheepdog trials because the they're, yeah, but I wouldn't know if that would count because that's mostly a dog sport than a human sport. Like the humans definitely involved, 
Like, I don't know if, like, horse racing would count because yeah. it's more the horse than it's the horse race. Doing, but I don't yeah, know. doing the work. So maybe we just need a state animal sport. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and I, I like the, the sheepdog trials. I haven't gone to any of those, though. I'd like to go check out the sheepdog trials. Nah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of dogs running around. I, I really <laughs> like the dog long jump. They have, a, like, a dog long jump into a pool. Uh-huh. That's fun. Because they play loud music, you get the dog like jacked up, and then he just goes runs and jumps as far as he can. That's fun, but like herding okay. sheep literally through like slaloms, and I don't want to offend. There are a couple of listeners to this podcast that I know are going to be offended by this. It's just who like, are big sheepdog fans. I was really bored when we went. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. Okay, that's fair. Um, okay, so those are our picks for uh, state symbols. I really think that maybe we could, if we if we tried to get a campaign behind some of this stuff, we could we could get it through. I think so. Because, like, if a fourth grade class can change the state song of Utah, maybe... We could change the world. We could change the world. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think we should. I think we should also... We're we're probably going to uh, sum all these up into a graphic that we put on our Instagram page. Um, Maybe we need to take our nominations and have put it to a vote on our Instagram. Um, Do, like, a poll or something like that. And... um, Or maybe we could could start a campaign to make Holy Hive the... uh, state media source <laughs> i don't know if that if that's too biased for government or something like that but let's let's try to let's try to get something like that going there we go okay so that's going to do it for uh, this week's episode of the holy hive show um tune in next week we'll be back next tuesday and um if you haven't yet give us a follow on instagram at holy hive utah um, check out the uh, website at holyhiveutah.com and subscribe to us on youtube where you can find this podcast um as well as all podcast platforms. So have a great week. See you, everybody.